All right, welcome back to the Fundamental Hour. In last week's message, we started to teach the idea of who is Jesus Christ. And we started specifically answering the question, is Christ God? And in last week's message, we talked about the fact that Jesus, or we talked about the fact that worship in the Bible belongeth to God only. And we saw that Christ readily received worship in his lifetime. He never rebuked anyone for worshiping him. And we also see that his disciples, when someone tried to worship them, they were very quick to stop them because they understood that worship only belonged to God. And they rebuked people when they tried to worship them as God. But Christ readily received that worship. And we made the point that if Christ were a true prophet, if he was the Son of God, then he truly knew that worship belongs to God only, and yet he readily received it. And I say to you that he did that because he is God. He's not just the Son of God. He's not just God's representative, but he is God. And today we're going to look at another um, character trait or a characteristic of Christ that helps us to see and prove who He is. Now we're going to look at the very nature of God and Christ today, and we're going to begin uh, again with 2 John chapter 1, verse 9. I want to remind you, as I did last week, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. The doctrine of Christ is extremely important. The word doctrine means teaching. What we teach about Jesus Christ is so, so, so very important. Some people profess that they are Christians, that they believe in Christ, but yet they deny that He is God. And they are denying the Bible and they're denying the doctrine of Christ and they are not of God. And I think by the time we get through these four weeks, last week, this week, and the next two weeks, hopefully you're going to see that the Scriptures clearly teach that Jesus Christ is God. So, have you ever heard someone ask the following question or make the following statements? What time is it? Have you ever asked someone, what time is it? Has anyone ever asked you that question? Of course, you've asked that question and people have asked that question of you. Have you ever heard somebody say, there's just not enough time in a day? We get busy, we got a lot to do, we get to the end of the day, we couldn't accomplish everything, and we say, wow, it's just not enough time in a day. How am I going to get all this work done on time? Have you ever said that? You look at what you have to do, you look at how much time you have to do it, and you ask the question, how? How am I going to accomplish what I need to accomplish? Have you ever had someone say to you, your time is up? Maybe you were taking an exam in school and you had a few questions left and the teacher said, your time is up. Put your pen down. The test is over. These are all statements you have either heard someone else say or you have said yourself. Because man lives in a realm that we call 
time. We live in a 24-hour day, seven days a week, 365 days a year kind of world. But God does not live confined and limited by time. The Bible teaches that God is eternal, eternal and God dwells in eternity. God has always existed. Eternity, if described in human terms, stretches backwards and forwards with no end. That's the concept of eternity. It's the concept of something being infinite. It means it goes and it goes and it goes and it never stops. So if we look backwards to infinity, to eternity, if we look forwards to eternity, that is the description of God. The idea of God is that He has always existed. You say, Pastor, I don't understand that. I don't understand it either. We don't need to understand it. We are limited men. We can't understand the things of God. But we can understand that the Bible is real. The Bible is true. The Bible is God's Word. We can look at the world God has made and come to the conclusions that the heavens declare the glory of God. That there is a God. We can look into the Scriptures and read it and see its prophecies true. And to see its word and its truths ring true in our ears as we follow God's commandments and it reaps benefits in our lives. I wholeheartedly believe this book, the old King James Bible in English, is God's word for me. And I believe it teaches me about God. And what it teaches me about God is that God is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. When we talk about God's nature, as the Scriptures teach it, we see that God is eternal. Let's look at some verses. The Bible says in Genesis 21 and verse 33, And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba, and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Psalm chapter 90, verse 2, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. The verse says, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. That's what I said to you. Said to you go back as far, everlasting, into eternity, go forward into eternity, and that's God. He is the self-existent one. He is the one who has always existed. No beginning, no end. In Psalm 93, in verse 2, the Bible says, Thy throne is established of old, thou art from everlasting. Psalm 145, in verse 13, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. God is the high and lofty one. He is the most high, the Bible says. And God says that he inhabiteth. That means he dwells where? In eternity. I started the message by saying that we dwell in time. We're limited by time. But God dwelleth in eternity, whose name is holy. 
I dwell in a high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite, humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. And his wrath, the earth shall tremble. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble. And the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. You know, I've heard people say, Many times, irreverently, with disrespect, maybe they don't mean it disrespectfully, but I've heard point up, people point up to heaven, they say, the old man up in heaven. Well, I'm sorry, God is not an old man. He doesn't have a big, long, white beard. He doesn't walk with a cane. Our God is forever young. He is forever strong. He is forever capable. He is ever able. He is not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He's not limited in knowledge. But our God is the high and holy one, the lofty one that is lifted up above all things that sits in the high and lofty place. That's our king. That's our God. And that's who I want to worship. I don't want to worship a God that's limited. I want to worship a God that is eternal. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, wise God. Did you see? The only wise God. I said the only wise God. There ain't but one. There ain't but one God, the Bible says. And we saw last week that worship belongeth to him. And this week we see that there's only one true God and He is the everlasting King, the Bible says. And it says, And the nations shall not be able to abide His indignation. For, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, back, back to 1 Timothy 1.17. Uh, it says, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. When we look at the name of God, we also see the doctrine or the teaching of eternality. Eternality means an eternal state. The, you see, the name of God, as we know it, is Jehovah. Some people say Yahweh. Okay, just a different pronunciation. But Jehovah, Jehovah God. The word means self-existent or eternal. So when we look at the very name of God, we see that he, his name teaches us about his eternal nature. That he is from everlasting to everlasting, an everlasting king, an eternal king who has no beginning and no end. Now in uh, Exodus chapter 3 verse 13, God is having a conversation with Moses. And he says this in verse 13, 3, Exodus 3, 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? So Moses wants to know, God's going to send him to deliver his people from Egypt. And Moses wants to know something. He says, Look, if they ask me who's sending me, what should I tell them? Verse 14, God said unto Moses, I am that I am 
And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. God said to Moses, I am the I am. I am means present tense. He is not the God that was. He is not the God that will be. But he is the I am God. He is the ever present, everlasting king. It's very, very important that we understand what he said to Moses here. He didn't just tell Moses, he didn't just give him a name, but he described the very nature of God when he said, tell them that the I am sent you. Amen? So now we're going to go to the New Testament, and we're going to look at some verses and see what God's Word says about the nature of Christ. The first verse we're going to look at is in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 8. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, there's no man that that can be said of. No mortal man can we say that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, that verse alone does not, in my mind, convince me of the eternal nature of Christ. It certainly gives good evidence. But let's keep reading. Let's go to John chapter 8. And I think uh, John chapter 8 is an incontrovertible. That means it cannot be argued. It's very clear from the scriptures what the Bible is saying about Jesus Christ here. Now, let me remind you, we were just in Exodus chapter 3. Moses is having a conversation with God. And he says, who should I tell the Egyptians sent me? And he said, tell them that the I am sent you. Now, here we are in John chapter 8. Verse 53, it says, Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Now I want you to notice the conversation here is between Christ and the Pharisees, the Jews, the, the religious leaders amongst the Jewish faith. And see, Christ was giving them the impression that he was something more than just a man, something more than just a prophet. And they said to him, are you greater than our father Abraham? Who do you think you are? Is basically what they were saying to him. Verse 54, Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. So notice the argument that Christ makes. He doesn't make the argument Take my word for it. He says, hey, you claim God is your God, and he is the one who honors me, God the Father. Verse 55, yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I'm not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now think about what Jesus just said. Abraham has been dead for over 1,500 years. And Jesus says, to, uh, Jesus says to the Jews, he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? You're like... You're just a young man. 
You haven't even reached 50. And you're talking about Abraham rejoiced to see your day. And then Jesus said this to them. Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Notice what happened when he said to them, Before Abraham was, I am. How is that possible? If Jesus was only a prophet, how could he say, Before Abraham was, I am. If Jesus was anything but eternal, how could he say before Abraham was, I am? And what true prophet would associate himself with the very character of God? You see, it was God that told Moses when Moses asked him, whose name should I give them that sent Moses said, tell them that the I am have sent you. And then Jesus, who was, remember, at the age of 12, sitting in the synagogues and teaching the scriptures, teaching the law. And he taught it so well that people were amazed at this young man. This Jesus Christ was mighty in the scriptures. He knew what the Old Testament taught. He was well aware of the story of the Exodus. He was well aware of Exodus chapter 3. He was extremely familiar with the fact that Jehovah God had said to Moses, tell them that the I am has sent you. And so for him to associate that name, that idea of I am to himself, speaks volumes. Would you go to a church where the pastor asked you to bow down and worship him? Certainly not. Would you go to a church where the pastor took the name and the characteristics of God and attributed it to himself? Certainly, I would hope you would not. But yet we have in the Bible, we have a person by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who some say he's just a man, some say he's merely the Son of God, but yet he receives worship, and the Bible describes his nature of that of being the I Am, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in the last two weeks, we've taken two different looks at the person of Christ in order to try to establish that Christ is God. We saw that he received worship readily, though he knew worship is only for God. And we also saw that he said of himself before Abraham was, this very statement enraged the Jews. They picked up stones to cast at him because they were very aware of what that meant. They were very aware of what he was saying about himself. He said, before Abraham was, I am. And so Jesus is making it very clear that he understood uh, and he taught who he was. He was not merely a prophet. He was not merely the Son of God, but he's God himself. I hope you come back next week and we'll be picking up on this theme again, talking about um, who is Christ, and 
and very specifically that Christ is God. Now next week we're going to look at verses that specifically and clearly state that Christ is God. So you won't want to miss it. Be back next Sunday as we keep with this theme. Now, if you need to contact us, you can reach out to us on our WhatsApp line, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'd be glad to correspond with you. If you have questions, if you'd like to know more about salvation, we'd love to have that interaction with you, and we'd love for you to come out and visit our church. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Hour. We'll see you next week, 6 o'clock, right here on TV3. Thank you.